0: Ah, uh, this is the Sports Report broadcasting live on a Tuesday from San Luis Obispo, California, right here on 91.3 FM. I'm your host Matt Kreiser alongside my co-host Dan Dempster. Dan, good weekend for me, a lot of surfing. How was it for you?
1: It was it was pretty chill. Just kind of hung out, enjoyed the wet weather, watched a little football, just got a little cleaning done, a little prep for prep for finals this, week. Yeah. Yeah, finals week. finals week. JB
0: and Nate will be skipping the show. Texted me earlier today that they had a little bit of final studying to do. So no basketball from them, but you can look forward to a big segment. I've got Cousin Berg scheduled for an extra big segment with picks of the week and an, a bunch of NBA. So you won't miss your NBA, Phil, even though you'll miss JB and Nate. Final show of the quarter. Biggest story right off the bat. Bigger than Jeff Fisher, we found out yesterday he got fired, let go by the Rams. But I want to start with Cowboys 7, Giants 10. Is Dak still the starter? Let's let's uh, hear what uh, Coach Jason Garrett had to say after the game.
1: You can make it as simple or complex as you want to make it. It, it. It's pretty simple for us. Dak's going to play quarterback as we go forward. We're just focused on Dak playing quarterback for us, and, and we'll continue to do that in our preparation this week and as we go forward. And uh, He's done a really good job for us up to this point. Uh, we've won 11 out of 13 games that he started, and uh, he's handled uh, really every situation as well as you can handle it. So we'll just continue that way. Tony will be in a backup role for us, and uh, he'll be ready to go if, if uh, he's called upon to play. But uh, Dak's done an outstanding job up to this point. Excited to see him continue to play. You can make it as simple as- So, I mean,
0: bottom line you got to keep rolling with Dak unless they maybe lose their last two or three games next. Maybe if they get on a three game or four game losing streak. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll start to feel the heat if he plays really bad next week or the week after. What do you think, Dan?
1: I mean, it's pretty clear that they're going to ride out with Dak as long as they can. I don't,
0: there's so much momentum.
1: Yeah. I mean, 11 and two, that's nothing to look over, especially with this Dallas Cowboy team that has had, you know, really disappointing seasons in the past. And now they finally look like they have something going. And then last night was just yeah, really the spotlight's going to
0: continue to be on them. Up next, Buccaneers flex schedule on NBC. So it's Sunday night football again. So back-to-back week, Sunday night football. We've seen Dak many times on Sunday night football. We have. The TV executives are really liking the Cowboys, and they're making oh, use of that flex yeah. uh-huh. to keep the, keep the Cowboys on there. Steelers-Bengals got flexed out. So we'll have the Cowboys and and Buccaneers, Cowboys at home for that game next Sunday. Giants. See, all the pundits yesterday after the games on Sunday, on Monday, they're like, oh, how great a performance by this Giants defense. But Odell Beckham saying Giants defense wins championships. But I just watched the game last week where the Steelers offense put up a lot of points and had their way for the most part and won that game pretty easily. But now... Keeping the Cowboys to seven is sort of some statement that they're a championship team. Can we just take it week to week, Dan?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you have to take it week to week in uh, this league. <laughs> I mean, you can't. <laughs> I mean, Prescott
0: got a touchdown late in the first quarter. He was looking like he was ready to go against oh, this it Cowboys It looks like a
1: normal team. Cowboys offense. They are just rolling through that first drive, even almost. They stalled a little in the second, but it just... This Giants D was flying around. I don't know. They looked good, but you're right. The they secondary got, they, looks good too. Yeah, they get trashed every once in a while. It's. I feel like it's the just the NFC East. Just they're just that competitive. They are every game. You can't. It's hard to make a prediction. It always seems close. It always seems like a ball game. And it always seems really close. And in, in any of these Cowboys games. in
0: the NFC is a wild playoff race. You have the Buccaneers in there. You have. You have so many teams in there. You have the Giants. The Giants almost needed to win to keep pace because you've got the Falcons. You've got the Buccaneers. The Vikings won. Redskins are half a game back. So, I mean, it's going to be tight. The NFC East is strong, and the NFC South's got a couple players. And Green Uh Bay's coming up. Yeah,
1: Green Bay really with that win against the Seahawks. Really killing it.
0: Yeah, so Green Bay is very, very hot right now. Green Bay... Devontae Adams with that touchdown right away in the game. Jordy Nelson on my fantasy team getting two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers looked absolutely back in that game. Vintage 18, Aaron. Yeah, 18 of 23 for 246 yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He didn't even play the whole game. He yeah, kind of take him
1: out. Why why would he play the whole game at that point?
0: They took him out. He had some weird hamstring stuff going on. Kind of yeah. unclear. Kind of kind of something you'd expect from Aaron. It was like a mix of an actual injury and a classic Aaron Pout. But I felt like yeah, he should have been be happy. They were crushing the Seahawks, who are supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFL.
1: But, yeah, you know, Chris Collinsworth, I think, said it, um, or whoever the announcer was for
0: was Aikman. Aikman. Aikman, okay, Aikman for Aikman was game. saying
1: this. This kind of seemed like a case of one team wanting it more than the other. You know, the Seahawks coming into this, they have the spread. They're They're looking good. They kind of look like the team to be in the, at least in the NFC West. They have a decent record. They have a better record than the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, Green Bay, it was just kind of a must-win situation for Green Bay, and that's why they came out and really put it on the field. And I think it's kind of the same thing that happened with the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to get fun in the NFC North. It's oh, yeah. going to
0: get really fun. So you got Detroit pulling out the win. They're 9-4. and four. You got Minnesota finally riding the ship, seven and six. Green Bay, seven and six. I know Green Bay and Detroit play in the final week of the season. It's gonna get fun in the NFC North, and then you have the NFC East too. So the NFC's got a lot of winning, lot of winning teams.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with the Vikings just finally getting back on the plus side of things, getting a win against Jacksonville. It didn't look too good, but Jacksonville's not like a super easy opponent either. They're
0: a weird opponent. They're a weird they're opponent. They're bad, but they're it's that kind of bad a team. The that they're a trap team for everyone every week, so they're always going to hang around and be strange. Yeah, and...
1: lose by like three or five <laughs> yeah. points. Yep. Something weird.
0: Going back to that Packers game, though, I thought Wilson at times didn't look like he even put enough on the ball, and then other times, I saw this on a bunch of different games this week, balls hitting the receiver's hand, Bouncing out for interceptions. I must have saw eight of these on Sunday.
1: Oh, yeah. golf had a few, it's, but it's especially the new, Wilson.
0: Yeah, it's like the new missing field goals. So we weren't <sighs> used to so many extra points and field goals being missed. Now kickers' heads are forever. Like, <sighs> they need their own set of counselors. Like, the NFL should mandate... That each kicker has a counselor, kind of like after you get a hard hit like to the head. Like an
1: emotional support dog or something. Yeah,
0: like an emotion, like something like that. <laughs> the kicker should be, that should be mandated for the kickers. And and it should be independent, just like the people who review the concussions. Yeah. Because they're taking too much abuse from their own coaches in those post game press conferences and probably themselves.
1: Right? Yeah. It's I mean, a yeah.
0: mess. It's a mess. My dad, shout out to him, it was his birthday yesterday. He went to the Falcons Rams game. Luckily, he's not a Rams fan. No one, oh, I don't know why anyone did. is, but after the mess that is the rams they finally got rid of fisher yesterday on monday they fired jeff fisher fisher uh was what was he he was 34 and gosh where is 40 it 40 something 34 and 40 something he's he deserved to be fired he he had rarely even gone 7 and 9 in a season and then he was talking about oh we better not go 7 and 9 this season now and 7 and 9 would have <laughs> finished as a yeah that would have been a good record for him yeah. he's a mess um Gosh, I don't know why this ESPN article is re- just omitting the most important thing, is record as a coach, but he's out. Who do you think should be the coach for the Rams next? I mean, we can think who should be the coach and who will be the coach. Who should be the coach? Our boy, Jim Harbaugh. Who will be the coach? That's another Probably. question.
1: Yeah, Jim's not going to leave. I don't think he's going to leave Michigan just yet. I don't, he's not prepared to leave his alma mater. He needs to do a little better... With Michigan, I Yeah, mean, I think
0: we agreed. We were talking before like, the show.
1: I feel like anybody that's a Michigan fan, they really don't want Harbaugh to leave. I don't know at any point. So, like, if it's five years down the line, three years down the line, or after this season, I feel like they would be mad either way.
0: No, I mean, almost. it'd be cool to have him be the i like—I'd rather have him be the next Nick Saban. Nick Saban's kind of at the end of his dynasty. He doesn't even know how much longer he'll be coaching— Lane Kiffin leaving for Florida Atlantic for some or something like that. Thought he'd get a better job than that. But Jim Harbaugh, he he feels like he should be that next dynasty coach, and he's great. I mean, we loved him in the Ohio State game. We loved him. We love seeing him this season, and he's he's a leader of men on that football field, and he could create that dynasty that Alabama has in the Mm -hmm. Big West in the Big Ten. That sounds more interesting than being the coach of the Rams.
1: Yeah, but I read this one point. I forgot where I read it, but at su- you kind of see his frustration with uh, playing in NCAA football. He's getting reprimanded by the Big Ten. He just The That's officiating is not up to par. Let's be honest. It's not up to par in the NCAA. Yep. And Harbaugh definitely has a point. How long...
0: How long can Harbaugh handle that? How long can he handle it? He only has so much mental fortitude in this area. Exactly.
1: I mean, the one reason he left the NFL in the first place is because of the whole front office situation in San Francisco. Oh, you make a good point. How much longer?
0: Yeah, he feels supported by that Michigan organization, but does he feel supported by the NCAA as an organization? He almost doesn't feel welcome, whether it be the reprimand. Yeah, I I can see that. At the
1: same time, I feel like it's going to take a lot for him to leave his alma mater in Michigan. Are the Rams a lot? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, they got the market at least. It's not, I mean, it's... And they have defensive players. They do. And Jared Goff could be a good quarterback. They do. And, but <laughs> I think another point that I read, you kind of want an offensive guy just with what they have there. I mean, th- yeah, they have good defensive players, but they also have Goff. They have Gurley. They have Tavon Austin, all these guys. It, you want to see like maybe Kyle Shanahan or Josh McDaniels
0: yeah Josh I'd love to have Josh back Josh, Josh could be interesting Josh got a lot of flack for the whole Tim Tebow thing in Denver and then never got another shot really after that it was over
1: mm-hmm.
0: he is so successful for the Patriots
1: hmm. something's got to give he's got he's get like a the job perfect somewhere.
0: coordinator though like mm-hmm. is he the perfect head coach Jim Harbaugh has that there's, aura of a head mm-hmm. coach. There's a difference between the aura there, of a
1: head coach. There definitely is.
0: When I think of an, a coordinator, I think of a great, I think of a great mind. When mm-hmm. I think of a head coach, I think of a of a person who can lead people and build a culture.
1: Definitely, there's and, a difference. And some people, you just see a lot of these coordinators, and they don't fit that.
0: Like does that Lane head Kiffin, like, well, like Lane Kiffin? Like Lane Kiffin doesn't fit the that mold of a one. head
1: coach. That might, I think. That is a good example. You can look at Mark Helfrich up in Oregon this past year, yeah. these past few years. Oh,
0: very good point. He he fits the mold totally of a coordinator. Mm-hmm. All three of those guys are great coordinators you'd want on any team. But are they the right fit as a head coach? I don't know. Mm, I don't yes. think so. So moving on, this is the Sports Broad on KCPR 91.3 FM. I'm Matt Kreiser, your host, alongside my co-host Dan Dempster. Niners, Chip Kelly, another court another coach who may be gone at the end of the season. They've lost twelve straight now. They fall to the Jets in overtime 17 to 23. They were at home for that game too.
1: And they had a lead. Big and they're one.
0: playing Lial Powell and Bryce Petty, both backups. Dawson missing field goals left and right. Mm-hmm.
1: Hyde looked great. Hyde was amazing. There's
0: a lot of fun running backs in the NFL right now. Yeah, w- what just makes me backs.
1: frustrated is the Niners have a lot of talent on that team, or I think they do. Colin Kaepernick is Colin Kaepernick's a decent quarterback. I mean, there's a lot surrounding him right now, and it's just it's not really boding well for him in the Niners. He doesn't have a he didn't have a good game at Chicago, but he's been a decent quarterback and. You've seen what he's done before. I just think Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly, Jed York. I feel like their times kind of running out with the Niners. Chip Kelly faster probably than Jed York. But- I think the
0: culture's poisoned for a few years. I don't think they're going to be able to escape this. I don't think they're going to be able to bring someone in like a oh, Jim Harbaugh yeah. no, who can no. right the ship in a season. I think they've got a few. I've got a few years to drain the swamp. Maybe they've. <laughs> How much <laughs> do
1: you want to bet that Jeff Fisher goes to the Niners?
0: Who knows? I'd like to bet nothing because that sounds terrible. <laughs> Doesn't yeah, that sound terrible? Yeah, but it sounds
1: like a match for the Niners because apparently <laughs> because the of their Niners, culture. Yeah, apparently because the of Niners how much of a just mess wants there. like mediocrity, I guess.
0: Yeah, that could be after Jim Tom Sula. That'd be like the perfect like. Jim Tomsula, Tom to, like a Kelly,
1: <laughs>
0: you go truck driver, Jim Tomsula, then you go like super tech wizard, <laughs> Bay Area fit, Silicon Valley, you bring down from Oregon, you bring down Chip Kelly, and then you go back to a sort of truck driver with Jeff Fisher.
1: Yeah, I mean, that honestly, I, I don't know. That probably won't happen. But I feel like a lot of Niner fans are just not happy right now. Tom Sula looked amazing compared to Chip Kelly. And what that team had last year?
0: Uh, I mean, eh, a yeah. may, the, the word Tom Sewell and amazing, it may not be
1: moral to put those in the same
0: It may not be moral to put those in the same sentence. I mean, sentence, they're not but, the
1: Browns. Oh, they're not the Browns. And the Browns. It's, it's a close game, like more or less every weekend, but they're just.
0: Yeah, so Browns 0-13, RG3 got back. I had no idea. I forgot about RG3. I was like, RG3. So did the rest of the country. I'm like, who is this new quarterback? And my friend's like, it's RG3. And I'm like, he's back. (laughs) They went through like six different quarterbacks, and now RG3 has returned. Uh, Bengals 23, Browns 20. Browns 20? They made it that close?
1: They must have had some garbage time stuff. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I watched the
0: highlights, and I don't even think the people who cut the highlights thought it was worth cutting
1: those garbage time.
0: They didn't even cut the garbage time TDs to show that the game got close. The Bengals won 23
1: 10 on that. Oh,
0: 23 10. That sounds much better. Much better.
1: That sounds (laughs) right. Rounds should
0: not be that close to the Bengals. Uh, Jeremy Hill and Tyler Eifert both good for the Bengals. Bengals, very disappointing season. Mm -hmm. Weapons, uh, Kind of weird injuries, weird losses, weird yeah, ties. The AJ
1: Green thing. I mean, even AJ with Green. AJ Green, they didn't look that no. good. No,
0: and then now they have Tyler Eifert back. He gets two TDs. Jeremy Hill runs the ball around. Giovanni Bernard's out though. It's just that off year for the Bengals. And off year for both the Super Bowl teams too. You could say Denver. Denver may not make the playoffs now. Again, I keep harping on it. They should have taken that tie at <laughs> Kansas City because they'd have the hey, half
1: game lead. Now you're. I mean, now that point is starting to look a lot. More valid, just kind of seeing how this season's playing out. You, I didn't expect him to lose to the Titans this weekend.
0: Neither did I, but apparently the but, Vegas bookies did. <laughs> they were Tennessee was favored by one. Yeah, it, I mean, I mean, Trevor Simeon's
1: T- Titans had a have pretty potent offense, but
0: yeah, a lot you of know. quarterbacks are starting to slow down, whether it be Trevor Simeon or um, Carson
1: Wentz. Simeon There's guys who are slowing down. They passed a lot. They he had something like fifty plus attempts. In that game. Yeah,
0: they can't run the ball. They take, they get Justin <laughs> Forsett in there.
1: <laughs> they have Justin Forsett. They lose one cow running back and have to plug in an older one. And Devontae Booker's not doing well either.
0: He's all banged up. Yeah. Everyone's all banged up. You got...
1: It's that point you of got the season.
0: Tannehill with a strained oh. ACL and MCL. He's crying on the uh, sideline, getting consoled. I feel
1: bad for Tannehill. And I feel bad for the Dolphins. They ha- they're they piecing together a Matt Moore, now just Matt
0: Moore, whoever he is, he stood <laughs> in there. I watched this. Linebacker coming straight at him, gets drilled, lofts up a big one, and the, the receiver makes the catch, and they kick the game-winning field goal. Yeah, Dolphins 26, Cardinals 23. That was a must-win game. But I wanted to bring this up earlier in the show. Cardinals... Win that game, they are still in it. They can salvage their season. Now, I don't think they can because they still had a game left against the Seahawks. They win that game. They're 6-6-1. and They are in it against the Seahawks. They are totally in mm-hmm. it, and now they're not.
1: Yeah, Just no. say goodbye. NFC West is back to being kind of just meh. Very meh. It used to be good, you know, with Seahawks and the Niners, and you know, the and Cardinals, Jim Harbaugh a little bit in the mix, and even the Rams were all right. Yeah, and Jim Harbaugh especially.
0: Yeah, because the Rams just somehow always beat the Seahawks. It was this yeah. weird thing
1: <laughs> where they would
0: like go two and zero against the That's Seahawks for like Fisher three straight. Jeff probably
1: kept his job. Yeah,
0: and they'd be, be like, honest. "Oh, he loses every game, but somehow he beats the oh so talented Seahawks." So Redskins twenty seven, Eagles twenty two. Cousins is, gonna a co- a Cousins is going to get a big contract. Like Kirk Cousins is going to get a big contract. Cousins. You watch quarterbacks. I don't understand how the NFL is so good. And when you watch it, it looks so much better than college football. It's just like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, these guys, these quarterbacks are so much better. Everyone's so much better than college football players. They just annihilate college football players. But then you get to the NFL and you're like, wait, like half the teams don't actually have quarterbacks. And like, That's a good point. Yeah. Matt Barkley's playing for Chicago. Actually, he looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, the Bears, like, they were looking good. They...
0: Barkley looks kind of good. Like, I have this weird hot take that may be just as immoral as you saying Jim Tom Tomsula uh, was amazing, <laughs> amazing compared to Chip Kelly. But I have this weird hot take that Matt Barkley might get to start next year for the Bears. Is that reckless? I don't know. I think I think he looked good. He had some great touch on some of those throws. I thought Barkley looked really good. Um, and they were gonna win that game if it wasn't for like two holding penalties late in the game against the Lions. They had that game wrapped up.
1: So Yeah, that I'm surprised the Lions were able to pull that out. The Lions seem to pull things Matt Stafford has what the yeah, record yeah, for he is
0: the he's the top ranked clutch QB or whatever. He's well, the record. He's le- for yeah, most. Right
1: now he's leading the league and fourth quarter and OT comebacks. Because
0: he's got like eight or something. I think like eight of their nine games. It's like
1: all of their wins pretty much.
0: Buccaneers 16, Saints 11... Breeze. I didn't even watch this. What I was really this? Watch it this either. is like one of those Saints games where oh. they don't go off, so it turns into a mess.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. like,
0: I think we've all seen when that before. When you try
1: to leave it up to your Saints defense. And they played better. <laughs> They've been playing a lot better. They got, they got a safety down there on the goal line. That was pretty funny to watch. Yeah, I
0: don't have a comment. That's kind of like...
1: It was kind of a messy game. It kind of tends to be a messy game with the Buccaneers, I feel like.
0: Yeah, it's one of those messy South games, whether it be Mm -hmm. NFC or AFC. Texans 22, Colts 17. Same thing, messy South game. AFC this time. Texans get the win. Colts, Andrew Luck. Yeah. Lacking talent yeah, is what, lacking, or is it just lacking? Just anyone lacking, cares? Lacking, yeah. lacking everything. <laughs> uh, we'll just move on Does, from that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I want to say those Andrew Luck picks just look terrible.
0: Each and not every, all of them. I felt like look at. Do you remember that one where where the JV on Clowney ran back and got him right at the last second when he was throwing?
1: Okay, yeah. there's was there a pretty that sick. Play. There was another one that he was just throwing it. Maybe to, one was Ill- off it? of a receiver's
0: hands too. There was I a mean, lot of those this weekend.
1: You, They had A great showing against the Jets Albeit yeah it's the Jets Sure but they had a great showing And then they just You would think that they would continue that Against the Texans Who aren't that good And it's a conference game You gotta win that game And they gotta come out playing better
0: Steelers twenty seven, Bills twenty. Finally a good fun game to get to. Le'Veon Bell putting up give for L you had Le'Veon Bell in the playoffs this week, forty-eight points, two hundred and thirty-six yards, three touchdowns. Big Ben, three interceptions. Snow game. Very fun. Yeah. Fun snow game.
1: Um give us your running back, let him do the work. And that's what Le'Veon, Le'Veon does. will
0: literally not go in front of his blockers. Did you see the touchdown where he like jogged and the blockers were like in front hey, of him? That's... And he just he wouldn't it was wide open, and he just could gallop in at any pace he wanted. And he's just like my blockers,
1: <laughs> I'm looking around. You
0: can see him swiveling <laughs> in his head. I'm a chill in between my locker blockers. Steelers, I feel good about it. I mean, winning that game with that quality run, like running when Big Ben gets like two fantasy points. Mm-hmm. I, ben had like what two point four oh, points. No. He had three interceptions. Did nothing the whole game. I feel good about the Steelers, especially if you think about this. If they win their division, they're going to get the three spot. The reason they'll get the three spot is because the AFC South is so weak, right? Right, yeah. So the four spot's going to go to the winner of the AFC South. So you're in the three spot. Who are you going to get in the wild card? You're either going to get the Broncos or the Dolphins or maybe Maybe very outside shot of the Ravens. So say you get the Dolphins or—
1: Well, now you have— The Raiders in the wild card.
0: No, but they're going to, if they, but but they're they're not going to fall to the sixth spot, right? So the six will play the four, the five will play the three. Oh, no, no. no. The six will play the three, the five will play the four. Yeah. So whoever's the last wild card will play the Steelers. Does that make sense? Because the AFC South is so bad. Right, right. Yeah. So I'm saying they have a great first round matchup.
1: So, yeah, they're not going to play the Raiders. And they're gonna play... the,
0: it gets better because the Raiders are going to play the AFC South winner.
1: Oh, yeah. So, so the
0: Raiders are going to play. They're going to win against the Texans or the Colts or the Titans. And then they're going to play the Patriots. And then the Steelers are going to get to play the Chiefs. The Chiefs look great. If it pans if out. If it yeah. pans out. If it pans out. I'm just saying that's like a good path the for look. the Steelers.
1: You know, I was hyping up the Chiefs and their defense. They beat down. Earlier. They beat down the
0: Raiders last Thursday. Yeah,
1: I mean, they looked good, and it kind of seemed like a game. Even though Oakland had has such a good record right now, it kind of seemed like a must-win uh, for the Raiders. It's an interconference game. It's kind of a rivalry. You're now they're at the same record. It just doesn't feel good if you're an Oakland Raider fan.
0: No, it doesn't. Uh, NFL sports. Dan put out this, or Fox Sports, NFL Sports, (laughs) Fox Sports put out this interesting article. They've had some interesting nuggets in it that basically the playoffs are almost set. In the past 10 seasons, they say, 70 of the 80 teams leading their division after week 14 went on to win the division. So that's like an 86% ratio. So most of the divisions are wrapped up right now. What division isn't wrapped up that actually matters? AFC South? It's not wrapped up, but does it matter? No,
1: no, no. AFC South team's gonna win. It's Houston or Tennessee at this point. I guess NFC or I guess the Colts. NFC
0: South isn't wrapped up. I mean, Mm -hmm. Falcons could make it to the Super Bowl. I don't see them winning. Buccaneers can't win, right? They're they're a year or two away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see the Falcons doing some damage in the playoffs. I can't really say the same for the Bucks. Um.
0: Furthermore, here they say yeah. 88% of playoff spots are wrapped up with 3 weeks to go in the season. So, as of now where the playoff standings are, as of now, 88% of the playoff spots are wrapped up. So that means of the teams that are in the playoffs, and when you're looking at the standings right now, maybe only one of those teams is going to swap out with a team that's on the outside looking in in each in the NFC and in the AFC. So it's it's weird, it's pretty set in stone.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it really just comes down to how well these teams can you know finish out, and I think the real battles now are like home field advantage and right. that buy
0: that Raiders Chiefs battle, mm-hmm. which the Raiders are because the Raiders really could use a buy, and they would really benefit from being a home true a home team oh, in the totally. playoffs.
1: Totally. They have a great
0: home field advantage. So do the Chiefs. They'll really benefit too, though. Mm-hmm. So for both those teams, it's big. Like I like both those teams a lot more uh, at home yeah. off a of bye than I do going away on the
1: road. Yeah, the Chiefs have to beat out their three remaining games are the Titans, which will be their. The Titans are fighting for a spot in the playoffs. So yeah, I'd like be to see them one. win the
0: AFC South so much more than the Colts or the Texans. Like yeah, I've well, lost you patience seen with the Titans. T- haven't you lost patience ever. with the Texans?
1: Yeah, like haven't you seen enough yeah. of Brock Osweiler? And Isn't Bill Marcus Mariota yeah. more
0: interesting?
1: Yeah, uh, I I like Marcus Mariota and Demarco Murray gets me fantasy points. It's really (laughs) fun to watch. Like
0: when they get going,
1: they get going.
0: Yeah, truth be told, right there.
1: You know, I I think that game uh, this Sunday, that's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one between the Titans and the Chiefs. That will be a fun it's not, one. Not really highlighted, but I think that'll be a good early morning game.
0: Yeah, it's a highlight for Marcus Mariota because this season's been his coming out party, and mm-hmm. that's
1: a statement good game. For, that's a statement season. game for him, especially
0: oh, yeah. after the Chiefs have been dominating big, strong rosters like the Raiders. For him to pull yeah. a win like that, that would be a big statement. Especially oh, totally. Chiefs have the mini buy; they yeah. have the Thursday game, so they're getting like a half buy on that. We got oh, one yeah. college football game to cover, though. Navy-Army. Army gets the win. Breaks a 14-game losing yeah. streak. 14 years they hadn't beat Navy. I Brutal. Love it. I but love they it. finally right the ship and get the mm-hmm. victory. Um, big win for Army. There were seven turnovers in this game. It was a mess. Army actually had one more turnover. They had four. Navy had three. Navy, two interceptions, one fumble. Army, one interception, three fumbles. It's Army who has the... Runs the triple option, right? That's where yeah. our that's where our uh, Cal Poly very own offense comes from. It yeah. all started Tim there Walsh, at Army. Like
1: Tim Walsh, Cal Poly football coach, there. he was yeah. a coordinator there. And same with Navy, they also run similar uh, triple option kind of game. And how about Army? <laughs> They're going bowling probably right? Seven and five.
0: Yeah, all the all three of them are. Air Force is going bowling. Navy's I going Bolin, and time Army's that was. Going. yeah. La- it's been a long time. Uh, Mr. President-elect so, Donald Trump was in attendance. Of course, uh, he couldn't be somewhere without sending off a tweet. He said, being at the Army-Navy game was fantastic. There's nothing like the spirit in that stadium. A wonderful experience. And congrats to Army. So our very own President-elect Donald Trump making use of his Twitter like he always does. So that's pretty much it for college football. We still got a couple of weeks till the playoffs. Nothing's changed. Everything's matched up.
1: Some good bowl games to watch. It's always fun to watch those bowl games. It will be fun. They're always good. Good. And there's always a few shootouts and Yeah, know, there's OT that. Games and we can kinda and...
0: and as Cal Poly football fans, we can kinda look at how the FCS college football players uh, shaping always up. Too. Turns out well. So San Diego beat Cal Poly, really disappointing. Then they got shellacked by North Dakota State. In North Dakota State, Carson Wentz is all of them a moder.
1: Very good team.
0: Very good team. They're the number one seed and they're into the semifinals. They'll play James Madison, who Oh, my god I was downtown on Friday, watched them beat up on Sam Houston State. It was bad. So it'll be North Dakota State facing off against James Madison, and then Youngstown State, the surprise team, make it into the, the semis playing.
1: The Penguins? The Penguins. That's so awesome. I don't know how
0: I know that. That's great. So they're from Pennsylvania? I don't know. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't mm. know. You got the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins. Yeah. <laughs> little hockey maybe oh is youngstown a big hockey school they may be they may they yeah. may very well be for college hockey yeah. there's a few of them so they're playing eastern washington i think it's going to be eastern washington and north dakota state those are the two heavyweights we'll see what happens
1: mhm yeah uh, i agree probably yeah north dakota state eastern washington that will be a fun one to watch uh, you know eastern washington always puts up a lot of points and these two teams both be fbs teams this year so you know they could compete with pretty much anyone on the field. I Who think. Who did
0: North Dakota State beat? They beat Iowa?
1: Iowa and then And then Eastern, Eastern Washington beat Washington, beat Washington Wazoo, State. Yeah. So those
0: are big time teams.
1: That, yeah, those are you can make a case for each of these teams. No teams to joke about.
0: Teams that would be in bowl games if they were FBS teams, I think.
1: Yeah, very very possibly. I think, yeah, playing in a mid major conference, definitely. Yep. Totally.
0: So that's it for this first segment of the Sports Report. Uh, this is the last show of the quarter. Thanks for tuning in. And right after the break, we will have on former Cal Poly alumni David Nwaba. He is joining us li- he'll be joining us live on the phone to talk about what it's like to move from Cal Poly basketball into the minor leagues. He's playing for the L.A. Defenders in the NBA D-League. Stay tuned. This is the Sports Report on KCPR 91.3 FM. All right, well, joining us now live on the line is former Cal Poly men's basketball star David Nuaba. David joined the NBA D-League Los Angeles Defenders this year. He was the Cal Poly men's basketball team's leading scorer last season in a 2016 All-Big West Conference honoree. David, thanks for stopping by the show. No worries. Yeah, so you were under Coach Joe Calero. What's the biggest difference, you think, joining a professional team?
2: Uh, I mean, I think the game moves at a faster pace. Than it was at the college level, and uh, uh, I I don't know at the end of the day, it's just still, you're still playing basketball. So,
0: how is your not preparation? Not yeah, how was your preparation changed? You still waking up early? I mean, I got a message from you at what five thirty this morning.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sick right now, um, so yeah, I've been up early, um, uh, losing sleep, but uh, for the most part, it's just. A two-hour practice, uh, never that more than that, but, you know, you got treatment, uh, preparation throughout the uh, weight room, um, and, you know, uh, if you ever have extra time, just uh, go shoot around on your own. But other than that, I think it's a little bit more light than it was at the college level.
0: Playing against tougher t- competition, what do you think are the parts of your game that you've found are weaknesses and you've had to work on, put in some extra work on?
2: Um, to this day, I'm still working on my shot, uh, uh, still working on building confidence, um, in my game, but, uh, still doing the same thing that I was at the college level, just being aggressive, going to the basket, um, and improving my defense, um, and, uh, yeah, just playing my game.
0: Former Cal Poly basketball star David Nawalba joining us now on the line. David, you were part of that team that, got into the NCAA championship, that tournament, March Madness, uh, playing against the Shockers. What was that experience like playing Wichita State, one of the top teams in the nation?
2: Oh, it was a great experience. Just being in the NCAA uh, tournament was, uh, you know, a blessing. Uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, they're a great team. Uh, I, th- I think there's a couple of players also in the D League uh, um, from that Wichita team. But, yeah, uh, it was it was a great experience. Um you know, just a great atmosphere, and I mean, it was not pull off the win,
0: but it was a lot of fun. What do those? What do you think the team that made it to the NCAA tournament had the the other teams you played for at Cal Poly didn't? What was was there a difference in chemistry, different in talent? Was it just making shots? Was it just a maker miss le- make or miss season? You know, what do you think the difference was? Uh, I
2: mean, <clears throat> I think it's a maker miss. Uh, we. Uh, every year, we believe that we can make it to the tournament, uh, and that year, you know, we just had the run that we needed to make it. But um, every year, we finished seventh. Every three years, three years that I was there, we finished seventh. And I mean, at the end of the day, we all thought we all thought we were going to make it uh, to the tournament. But you know, it, it only worked out once. So I mean, it is what it is. We all, as long as you believe, you never know what can happen.
0: David. I just had Nick DeZumbar, former Cal Poly linebacker, on the show. He's playing for the San Diego Chargers. You're now trying to make it in the big leagues, playing for the LA Defenders in the NBA D League. Coming out of Cal Poly, you kind of have to make a name for yourself. What do you? What have you done? Did you get noticed by scouts, or did you have to prove yourself? How do you get noticed by coaches?
2: Um, just being in the D League, you're surrounded by uh, a lot of coaches. So at the end of the day, you see all these guys that were um, playing high major, mid major. Uh, We're all in the same place. Uh, The the Development League is surrounded by a lot of talent. So at the end of the day, uh, they're all getting viewed by the same eyes. So if you come and show out, uh, you never know who's watching.
0: So you'll get that opportunity as long as you put in the hard work?
2: That's the plan. See what happens.
0: David, we wish you luck. Hope you get better. And we'll be watching out for you to make some noise in the D League.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Thanks for coming on the show, David. No worries. Hi, this is The Sports Report. If you like what you're hearing, check us out on iTunes at The Sports Report with Matt Kreiser, or search for us on SoundCloud at The Sports Report with Matt Kreiser. Now it's time for many listeners' favorite segment of the show NFL Picks of the Week with Cousin Berg. Well, this is The Sports Report on KCPR 91.3 FM. I'm your host, Matt Kreiser, and this week we've got an extra long segment with Cousin Berg. Uh, the boys, J.B. and Nate, are out this week studying for finals. So, Berg, welcome to the show, and we're excited to have you on for basketball, which is your real, real knowledge base. Yeah, it's going
3: to be a fun show today.
0: So, I think we're going to start out, though, with NFL Picks of the Week, because that's what everyone likes to hear. Um, what do you got? I have, with my
3: first pick, I have the Saints, plus two and a half at Arizona. Uh I think one, I don't think Arizona's very good. I think the Saints didn't play well this weekend, but they showed they can put up some points. They can throw the ball around. They can do some things on offense. So I think I don't know, I think that this is gonna be a good game. I think the Cardinals are not are not that good at Carson Palmer, I don't trust him at all. So
0: I was talking with my friend Jake and he's a big Cardinals fan. He's gonna be at the game next weekend. And my thinking was for Arizona, I mean, I thought they were gonna win on Sunday because that was a must-win game for them, especially with the Seahawks getting shredded by the Packers later in the day. But I think that the Cardinals stadium actually hurts them in this game against the Saints because this is a good indoor stadium, turf field, the type of conditions the Saints need to put up big numbers. So I, I like the Saints in this game, and the Cardinals are continually you know, coming off disappointment after disappointment.
3: Yeah, and I mean, they're 4-9 against the spread this year. They're not very good. I mean, they're seven five one overall. I don't. I don't. Know. I don't think they're very. They're great at this week. No.
0: So I, I'm going back to the dynasty New England for my first pick. New England minus three at Denver. I took Denver last week, um, and they just had a complete lack of offense against uh, the Titans. I mean, I predicted correctly that the Titans were going to struggle against that Denver defense. They hadn't totally matured. They hadn't developed their receivers completely. But that game was thirteen to ten uh Tennessee was favored by one in that game and they won they won that one and i think with New England they're going to be able to just put up more points than Tennessee did and Denver's a huge question mark at quarterback now
3: Yeah 100%. They 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 have no running game. They have great receivers, but they I mean they they uh need a quarterback to get them the ball. I just don't trust that there and then they uh Denver defense, uh, if you can run against them, that's they've shown the Raiders did that, a couple of different teams. I mean, the, the Titans did it this weekend, but if you can run against them, you can do well. And with uh, those, they have three running backs with the Garrett Blunt and then Deion Lewis and James White, they can definitely do some things against that uh, Denver defense, and I think that's how you
0: beat them. Simeon looks like he's fading down the stretch, kind of like Carson Wentz, kind of like maybe even a Tyrod Taylor. There's some quarterbacks who look like they're fading, and I think Simeon's one of them, and that's why I like New England in this game. Cousinberg, what do you got for your second pick?
3: I have Atlanta Falcons at home against the 49ers, so they're getting 12.5, but I think that they can easily win by two touchdowns here. They just eviscerated the Rams, and the Rams actually are supposed to have a decent defense. The Niners have an awful defense and an awful offense, so the Rams, the Falcons' offense is going to be on the field a lot, and the Falcons do that without Julio Jones, so if Julio comes back. Julio Jones, they have all those receivers. They have those running backs. They can put up a lot of points, and I don't think just Niners can stop them or keep up with them offensively.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, 12 and a half's A lot. The Niners are 2-10-1 against the spread
3: this season. They're 1-12. Their only win came on opening night against the Rams, 28-0. And now they're that, that, travel they cross-country? Yeah,
0: at the Falcons. Yeah, I... I don't know. It's it's what to me. It's more about the Niners than the Falcons. The Falcons have a head of steam. They have momentum. But will Kaepernick show up? What Kaepernick? Will it be? What blocking will there be for Carlos Hyde? I mean, it's indoors. I I, I think the Falcons will pull it out, but we'll have to see. This is where when you've watched so much NFL over the years, you start to get worried about those weird games at the end of the season where some team that's one and eleven shows up to play. And I always try to I'm always afraid of those teams that randomly show up to play for one game in the season whenever I make my picks. That's why I try to pick teams that I feel like I really understand. You know what I'm saying? That's why I take New England. Yeah. That's why I'm put my money on Oakland for my next pick. I'm taking Oakland minus three at San Diego. Um Oakland's a team like I feel like I know. Like I know who they are. I mean, I guess you feel like you know who the Niners are. They're terrible and awful and they've lost twelve straight, right? Well one more yeah, one more thing about the Niners, going back to that. Since Jim Harbaugh has
3: left them, they're 0 and 6 all time in 10 o'clock and 10 a.m. games, the so one Eastern games. And this year, they're 0 and 3 and have lost by an average of 18.3 points. So, just a little tidbit there. And this is a one o'clock game. So,
0: yeah, those are the Vegas. Those are the that, Vegas but... stats that make a difference. Yeah,
3: but I no, I agree with you. I think the Raiders, especially at the Chargers, they're only getting three points. The Chargers' home field advantage
0: doesn't mean anything. There,
3: honestly, will probably be more Raider fans at this game than Charger fans. Yeah, uh So it just now matters, I and mean, especially if Melvin Gordon's out again. The way to beat the Raiders is you can run against them. So if Melvin Gordon's there, that can make a big difference. But he might be out this year or this week with his hip, and so that uh, that would definitely hurt. And I mean, the Oakland's five and one, both straight up and against the spread this year. This year in road games. So
0: who's the number one receiver for San Diego right now? Is it Terrence Williams or something?
3: Yeah, they're Tyree.
0: Well, Travis Benjamin, right? Is he hurt or is he out? He's hurt. So it's this guy who's an undrafted rookie. The reason I know this – or he's not a rookie this year. He's a rookie last year. The reason I know this is because Nick DeZumbar is also an undrafted rookie from last year. He's on the Chargers. He went to Cal Poly. We had him on the show. I think it's Tyrell Williams. He's their number one receiver, and he's an undrafted guy. Like, they're they're just – they're decimated. I mean, they lost Danny Woodhead. They lost Melvin Gordon. Their number one receiver is an undrafted rookie from last year, who I think also played in the FCS. And yeah, I just don't think they have any depth. And Oakland's going to come back after that. I thought it was a pretty bad performance against Kansas City last Thursday. I don't know about you.
3: Yeah, and I, I think that was kind of a trappy game. That's a game that they would go and then lose. I mean, Kansas City's a great team. That's
0: a City. good
3: defense. Yeah, and so on a short week, so I think. I mean, I definitely don't take too much away from that game. I think the Chiefs kind of have the Raiders number, but I doesn't. I don't think that means that the Raiders are not any good, and I definitely like that pick of the Raiders minus three.
0: What do you got? Pick number three.
3: All right, now here's a fun one. This one's for you. I'm taking the Steelers minus three at the Bengals. And here's my argument. I told you this already. My argument here is Le'Veon Bell said he loves playing in the snow, and the weather forecast for Sunday in Cincinnati, 25 degrees and snowing. So that's, that's my whole argument. Based on of last that. week, I think that's a good How
0: argument. How about Le'Veon on Sunday? Unbelievable. Did you see when he went for that hurdle? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was like, you need to settle down, Le'Veon. No no breaking your arm when he landed down on his forearm there.
3: Seriously, yeah. But he's he's not a human being. He's unbelievable did you machine. see his
0: touchdown where he, he he's so interesting to watch run the ball he he almost refuses to go in front of his blockers like he will not <laughs> cut in front of them did you see the one where he jogged out on the end into the yeah. end zone i think it was his second yeah. touchdown he just he's he loves his boys he loves his blockers he won't go in front of him i thought it was funny yeah
3: he's he's amazing his patience is I've never seen anything like that, is how patient he is. He'll the line. Just he chill he the line. come to a stop. Yeah, he'll yeah. come to a stop before deciding where he wants to go and then can hit the hole as fast as anybody else the second it opens up.
0: Yeah, I almost took Cincinnati in this game, though, because for me, Cincinnati's been blowing out a couple teams. They have Tyler Eifert back, Jeremy Hill put up some good numbers against the Browns. Well, that doesn't sound as They don't have wow, AJ as... Green. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now Andy, I'm starting to agree with you. I was, and Jeremy Hill. <laughs> I was making a case, and then I'm like, "Oh yeah, Jeremy Hill put up some good numbers." And then I said against the Browns, and I started to refute yeah. myself mid sentence. So, yeah.
3: yeah. And this is, as you know, this is a big rivalry game. So I think it both is. Teams Cincinnati can help
0: end Pittsburgh's season here. If yeah, I mean not I, completely, because they still, if Pittsburgh beats Baltimore the the week after, they can still win out and make the playoffs in the division. But I think it's going to be a big game. Um, I I think it'll be close. I mean, my line was just 0.5 different. I had Cincinnati plus three and a half, but it's close enough. And I don't know. That game could be a field goal game, and it could be a push, or you could you could sneak one there with Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I got Houston for my final game, my third pick, Houston by five and a half at Jacksonville. This one, just watching the tape, it's like Jacksonville is a mess. Blake Bortles isn't learning lessons. It seems like his number one receivers now is Marquise Lee. Is is Robinson still even playing? Yeah, he. I think he had like one catch for like six yards last year. So I don't understand what's going on down there in Florida. Do you?
3: Bortles is not is like awful. Like this isn't even just me being negative. Like he's just not good.
0: So, so what are they it's gonna hard do to win in the draft. An awful
3: quarterback. I, I, I don't know. They need defense. They need a quarterback. They need. A running back, they need everything.
0: <laughs> Is this Bortles' last season with Jacksonville?
3: I think he'll still, still be there. I don't think they're going to cut him because I think he has one more year under contract, but I don't think he's going they're going to play him. Unless they can get someone better, but I don't know I don't know what they're going to do. They need to get someone in the draft. There's a lot of people in the draft this year. I mean, if they could go, they could go get Kaiser. They could go get uh, Sean Watson. So, I mean, there's guys, but it just, it just depends on what happens.
0: Yeah, that's an that's more than just a roster mess. That's an organizational mess. Is it Gus Bradley yeah. still still coaching?
3: He's, he's still there, but he'll be gone. He has he has the most losses uh, since he started in the NFL in the last three years. Uh, only over the guy who's in close second is uh, Jeff Fisher.
0: Yeah, we're bringing that no up. longer an
3: NFL coach.
0: Jeff, breaking news yesterday, he got let go on Monday. Against, he got let go after a four and nine start to the season. He went 31, 45 and one in five seasons. It felt like he was continually hanging around too long. Did they just keep him around to have some stability while they moved to LA? That's almost my theory now that Stan Kroenke just left him on to, you know, keep the ship steady while they moved from St. Louis to LA last season.
3: Yeah, I think I definitely think that's part of it. Also, he uh, he was the coach when the Oilers moved from Houston to Tennessee. <laughs> Interesting. So there's a little, a little nugget yeah so I don't know if I don't know if that has something to do with it, and it was exactly like you're saying just for continuity just because he knows how to handle a move and get guys going, but he's been the most mediocre coach every year, and it's unbelievable. he's literally like seven and nine eight or eight and eight every single year, and so it's just like and then this year he was obviously worse, but like he's just never been good and just been hanging around hanging around hanging around, and he's been doing this
0: for twenty five years. Did you watch La Rams on Sunday? I watch every Rams game, yeah, my dad went to the game for his birthday. Thank goodness he's not a Rams fan, though. Just went for fun. But they, all the players love Jeff Fisher, though. I was reading quotes in the stories like Todd Gurley loves him. They all love him. He's supposedly a player's coach. Is Jer- But uh, that's beh- beside the point. Jared Goff, he didn't look that good. He looks yeah. like he has a weird hitch going on in the pocket. Did you notice that? There's something weird going on after he catches the snap. His throws yeah, look fine. I, I don't I, know.
3: I think it's hard when you have a coach who never had faith in you and only plays you because the fans are calling for it. I I think it's a scheme thing. I need I think they need a different coach in there. I I think I don't know if his name's been thrown around there at all. I like McDaniel, the guy who's on the uh Patriots and have him come in and form you that want little Josh McDaniels? Yeah, I want Josh McDaniels. Oh, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's who I want. Bring TBT, someone in TBT and Tebow
0: in the Broncos. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I love you know it. Playoff game, he did, and I think Josh McDaniels. I think bringing in any Patriots coach is worth a shot.
3: You need an offensive coach. The Rams need an offensive coach. They have no one who can, who has anything to do with offense. Uh, Todd Gurley went off and called them a middle school offense,
0: which it's they deserve. It's
3: hard, and like I heard, I heard a, talking about when what Fisher's they on the radio. They're talking about or to Jeff Fisher. and Asked him, what do you say to your defense when they're keeping you in every close game, but then your offense blows it? And this was a couple weeks ago after that close loss to Miami. And he just said, well, you need to do more. And I can't imagine being a defensive player and holding a team scoreless for almost four quarters and still losing the game and then having your coach say, do more. That's just so frustrating to me. And When I heard that, that's when I was out on Jeff Fisher.
0: Yeah, and they don't have receivers. Kenny Britt, I don't know why, what? How Kenny Britt and Tavon Austin are a starting one-two. Yeah, in the Tavon NFL. Austin's a punt returner. He's not even like a—he's not even a good receiver. He's a punt returner. No, they—they're like—it feels so forced with him on the outside as a number one. Hundred percent. Yeah. This is the sports report on KCPR ninety-one point three FM. We've got Cousin Berg on right now. Just finished up NFL picks of the week, and we're going to transition into a little bit of basketball. We were just talking about Jeff Fisher getting fired. Clay put up. 60 the night after the show on Tuesday last week what makes clay clay he well
3: one he has the most fundamental release I've ever seen in my entire life he went to so he went to my high school and he was there he would he graduated just before I got there but I remember playing open gyms with him or seeing him around and thinking this has the best shooter I've ever seen he can he gets the shot off so quick he has a super high release He can shoot it. Something he does, that, if you want to pay attention to that no one, not many other people in the NBA do, is no matter where he catches the ball, he's going straight up from there. So he could catch it to the side of his body, up above his head, anywhere, and he shoots it directly from there to get it off quick enough. He, I mean, I don't know if you heard this too, he, in the game he scored 60, he only took 11 dribbles in the entire game.
0: 11 dribbles? 11 dribbles.
3: Yeah, 11 dribbles. And throughout the entire game, he only had the ball in his hands for less than 100 seconds. Wow. Scored 60, so that just shows you that's a. Pro- I mean, it's a product of the Warriors' offense, how good they are, but it also shows how much work he's doing before he even gets to the ball, to get open and to get into spots. And if you look into in that game, he was getting so many just open layups from backdoor cuts or leaking out in transition and finding him. It's it's really unbelievable. And I I also rewatched that game too, and he he could have 85 in the three quarters. He missed in the first half. He missed like. Four open threes, and then there was a couple shots he didn't take that he could have.
0: Were you disappointed? So he, he, were you disappointed that they didn't? That they didn't let him go for Kobe's eighty-one?
3: Not at all. I think that was a smart play. That shows. I mean, that's that's the difference between the Warriors this year and last year. Last mm. year they were all excited about getting seventy-three wins. They're excited about doing all that stuff. And I mean, I talked to you about this. If they wanted to, the Warriors will never lose. Like they they can just they could grind out every single game and win. But it's not worth it to them. And so trying to predict how many wins they'd get this year, I was trying to figure that out. I, I don't have an answer, but any night they they can go off. There's just too many options. It just does, They don't make sense how good their team is. In that game, in the game that Clay had 60, Kevin Durant was their leading scorer in the first quarter. He had like 15 in the first quarter, and then Clay just decided to get hot and went off. It's so, like, uh, it's unbelievable.
0: If you're a Warriors fan, you feel no threats that San Antonio or another team in the West could sneak the number one seed out if you're playing... This more conservative than last year.
3: No, not at, not at all. I don't. I don't think. I. I mean, honestly, I think the Warriors should rest their starters. I don't think any of their starters should play more than sixty games this year. I think they should all rest at least twenty games, and they're, they're not going to do that. But I think anytime you're playing someone in the bottom third of the league in either conference, you should be resting at least two of your starters. And like how the Spurs do it, I don't. I don't think anyone should be playing more than twenty games because it's not. It's not worth it, and they'll still win those games. And even if they don't, they already. I mean, it's December, and they're a game and a half up on San Antonio, and they're like, it's not even going to be close. They're going to keep rolling.
0: Berg joining us now on the Sports Report on KCPR 91.3 FM. Berg, why is Kevin Durant been able to ease into the offensive system and just the Warriors roster so easily? He seems comfortable right off the bat this whole season. I think it's a mixture of a couple things.
3: I think the first part of it is if you look at – just Kevin Durant as a player and as a person, it fits his style of game. He's a, he's a free-flowing kind of guy. He doesn't he doesn't get locked in too much. He doesn't like the uh, ISO-heavy offense that he was having to run in Oklahoma City. But in that scenario, they didn't have any other players. And I think also a way to look at it, too, is playing with the Olympic team and playing with Team USA. You're playing with great players there, and you get used to it. And so that was kind of this summer he played with Team USA, and that that's what it's like playing for the Warriors right now is because there's so many good players that you need to learn how to kind of blend in and get your shots when you can, but to be a, a pass-first kind of guy, and that's what Kevin Durant can bring to you, is that he's an unselfish superstar but can score whenever you need him to.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to compare that to when Miami struggled with LeBron come, coming over to Miami uh, from Cleveland, meshing with Dwayne Wade and Chris, Chris Bosch.
3: Yeah, and, and the thing with that, too, is the difference is that their problem was spacing because you had two guys that needed that couldn't spread the floor in LeBron and Dwayne Wade, and uh, and there were their your two and your three. And then, uh, initially, they were starting a traditional five-man in Elkowski You had three guys who like wanted to be close to the rim. You have Chris Bosh and like Mario Chalmers who could spread the floor. But then when they moved to later in uh, their time with moving Bosh to the five and starting Shane Battier and Ray Allen, that was their kind of go-to lineup at the end of the games. That's when they really clicked and became a, an all-around team. But this Warriors team. Their lineup of death. All five guys could shoot the ball. I mean, it's four of their five starters can shoot the ball, and I think two. They're moving now towards. I uh, will. Sunday against Minnesota, Kevon Looney started because Pachulia is out with a uh, wrist injury, and I think Looney's kind of going to be their guy moving into the finals and or into the playoffs in the finals. Who's going to be their starting five man? And I think a guy like Pat McCaw, who's a rookie, he's out of uh, UNLV. He's going to be a guy who's gonna, who could ease into that. Uh, Andre Iguodala role moving forward. Iguodala looks a little bit old, but McCaw can defend, shoot the three, around the floor, and can kind of play that other other guard wing role that they need someone to fill.
0: Moving to the East, Cousinberg, there's a few teams that look marginally interesting to me. Maybe the Knicks, the Raptors are supposedly looking pretty good, and then I guess the Bulls, the Celtics. You you picked them to make it to the finals is your bold prediction this year? Coming off your great prediction last year of the Warriors going seventy four and eight. What do you make of the East right now? I think it's it's kind of shaping out how it, it looks. The East isn't very good.
3: So you got Cleveland at the top, obviously, and Toronto, who's been that number two seed the t- past couple of years. Marty Rosen's playing great. Kyle Lowry's doing okay. Doing Kyle Lowry kind of thing. So it's but, just the
0: same old, same old, nothing to be excited about. Why should I watch NBA League Pass? Should I watch NBA League Pass of the East? Is it worth my time? Uh, it's it depends on what you're looking
3: for. So I like watching Milwaukee's a lot of fun because they have a Dent Kumpo, who is a seven foot point guard. Is Jason Kidd still there? Yep. Still the okay, coach so there, that makes it a
0: little more fun.
3: Yeah, so he's they're pretty good and they get they'll probably get after Christmas, around New Year's, hopefully maybe in early February. They'll get Chris Middleton back. And once they get Chris Middleton back, they're gonna be a, a very good team. They're right now there's an eight seed or the nine seed in the east. And they're gonna. I think they'll get up there. They could be a, a four seed, maybe a five seed. Uh, Detroit looks good. They're getting Reggie Jackson back right now, so they're getting their best point guard. They were they were doing it with Ish Smith and uh, I don't even know who their other point guard was. And so they they're the six seed right now. Boston hasn't been healthy, but I think they're good and they're one move away. I think it's the point where they trade for Demarcus Cousins, or I think they need a they need a guy like Kevin Durant, but that's who would have really completed their roster. But they need kind of a wing scorer to come in here and play the three, maybe a little bit of small ball four, but a guy similar to Jay Crowder, but who can score and shoot the ball. Uh,
0: It would be highly discouraging to have Cousins get traded to the Celtics because then I just feel like it's Kings East with Isaiah Thomas at the point guard and Cousins at center. And then you just have Brad Stevens coaching a bunch of King or two of the Kings former stars to, and it just, it just makes me discouraged as a Kings fan that, these players yeah, we it, let these players go and we can't we can't manage a roster for our life and they have an actual coach the di- and
3: the difference here though, but versus I did Isaiah Thomas is if Cousins leaves, you're gonna be getting a King's ransom for you're gonna be getting you're gonna probably get Brooklyn's pick this year and next year. You might get like Marcus Smart and uh James Young. I, like that those four guys for DeMarcus Cousins, I think would be a great a great take for the uh King, especially this year in a loaded, loaded college basketball uh, draft, NBA draft year this year, uh, any pick you can get potentially up there is going to be huge and very valuable. And that Brooklyn pick, right now Brooklyn uh, six and sixteen, they're they have as many wins as Philly right now, so and they're one ahead of Dallas in Minnesota. So it, I mean that could potentially be the number one overall pick, and you can get Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball or one of those guys coming in. I think that's that's what you'd want from the Kings' perspective.
0: Okay, Cousinberg, last question on NBA, then we'll move over to college basketball. We're talking about all these great prospective draft picks. On the Western Conference, I mean, the Warriors are always going to be fun to watch. Grizzlies mm-hmm. just beat them up. Who, who, who's my NBA League Pass team in the West? Uh,
3: Portland's fun to watch. Portland's always fun because they have David Lillard and TJ McCollum. Those guys can put a bunch of points up. Uh, the Lakers obviously have been a lot of fun to watch this year, especially now with uh, D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young coming back. They're going to be fun. New Orleans is always fun with Anthony Davis. You never know what you're going to get out of him, but he's a fun player to watch. Um, Minnesota doesn't play a lot of defense, which is actually really shocking considering Coach uh,
0: yeah, Chibito is wow. their coach. 6 and 18, I thought this was their breakout year. What happened? Yeah, they don't play defense. They don't play defense. They just defense. don't play defense, so they're done. They're not yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah, second.
3: They're. they're fourth in the nba and first half point differential and they're last in the nba in the second half so they just for some reason they don't know how to close and i think i think part of it's a little internal power power struggle and not not a negative thing in the locker room but i think they don't know who their go-to guy is down the stretch and so i think a lot of times they don't know is it towns is it wiggins and it it seems that like zach levine has been that guy who steps up for them but they need they need towns or wiggins to be those guys there's been some some articles not, not loving Andrew Wiggins, but I think he's a star, and he's going to continue to be a star in this league.
0: Are you taking the Clippers' title run for, seriously, or is it just kind of a lost narrative, Warriors are going to sweep by him?
3: I think the Warriors are going to sweep by, but I think uh, the Clippers are good. They're just, I don't think anyone has the, the lineup to give Golden State a problem. I, I don't think the Clippers have a fully rounded roster. They have the best bench they've had in a while, but... They don't have a good three man. They don't have a guy who can. I mean, mba is okay, but they need a guy who can shoot the three and defend much better than they have. And and I I think their their composition doesn't make a lot of sense. You need to play minutes with Blake Griffin at the five, and it's hard to do that when your third highest paid player is DeAndre Jordan. But I also think that this this Warriors team could honestly be like kind of the two thousand one Lakers that was sixteen and one in the playoffs. I think I think this Warriors team could. They're they're figuring themselves out still right now, and they're already really good. And so it's scary to think what they're going to look like at the end of the season once they know who they are.
0: Mm, interesting. Cousinberg joining us now on the Sports Report on KCPR 91.3 FM. Cousinberg, we're going to finish up, wrap it up, wrap up the show, final show of the quarter here. Right now we're going to move on to college basketball. Villanova won UCLA 2. UCLA just beat Kentucky and then got a big uh, – they beat Kentucky on the road and then got a big home win against Michigan – I guess it's nice for those UCLA fans to have a little bit of a basketball team this year when the football team was such a big disappointment.
3: Yeah, and it's and it's big for that for uh, Steve Alford, the coach there, because he was definitely on the hot seat. He's
0: he's supposedly
3: had good teams the past couple of years and never done anything. But supposedly. Yeah, they, I mean, he was supposed to have some good teams, and they never really turned out. But this team, I mean, Lonzo Ball is the truth. That guy is very good. He... He can pass better than any guard I've ever seen in college basketball. But, I mean, he's six, can see over the top of defenses. He has a really weird shooting release, but he could shoot up from 40 feet consistently. Uh, he can do a lot of things with the ball, and he's really the, the key to their offense. And The thing that's nice about him is that because he's playing the point guard, you can move Bryce Alford. Steve's son, to uh, the two guard. He's only like 6'1 or 2", but he's definitely more of a shooting guard. He's going to shoot the three. He's going to score for them, so... They definitely have that. And then you have uh Isaac Hamilton from St. John Bosco. He's playing three, he's playing great. And Aaron Holiday, uh, Drew Holiday and Justin Holiday's little brother, he's also there still. So they got some pieces, they got a lot of guards, they got a lot of guys who can shoot the ball and they got they have a good team all around.
0: Okay, before we know it though, it's gonna be March. It's December now. Before we know it, it's gonna be March Madness. Who's your early final four? What do you like?
3: final four yeah um, yeah. just
0: some teams just some teams you like for the final <laughs> four not the final four
3: yeah I like Villanova I mean obviously the top team Villanova is really good coming back they won last year Josh Hart there uh, he's gonna be he I don't know if you saw their game he played again who did they play this weekend they played somebody they he played had Notre Dame right oh, it's Notre Dame yeah Notre Dame he had 38 points he played huge he looks really good that's a good team to look out for. Duke, I mean, they're ten one right now. They're number five in the country, but they Harry Giles is out, so I don't know if he's gonna play. But their only loss came to Kansas, or yeah, at Kansas or against Kansas, yeah. but and they hit a buzzer beater to win that game. So I like them. North Carolina is good, but I don't trust them. Uh, I'm just like looking through the, the the rankings right now. I'm seeing who I like. Wisconsin looks good. They have two losses, but they're pretty good. Okay, South then Carolina, who's a dark horse? This year.
0: If all these guys are kind of clumped together, who's a dark horse? I mean, you kind of liked Villanova, UCLA, um, and then it kind of you kind of felt like, eh, there's a lot of teams you like. Who's a dark horse then? Who's outside the 25 top 25 that you like or bottom part of the top 25?
3: Uh, I like Michigan State just because they have this a guy who he's a freshman and he is unbelievable to watch. You need to watch him play, but. The real team, I guess they're not even. I don't even know if they're any good this year, but I've, or what their record is. But they, I've seen them play, and they are very talented. is Washington. They have the guy who's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft, and Martel Fultz. And so, if a team like that can get into the play, to the tournament, they are going to be very good. Because it, it, when you get to the tournament, it comes down to stars and guard play. And when mm, you have that the explains Volov in the country, yeah,
0: and that explains so when you have the, you have the best
3: guard work. in the country. It's it's gonna help you going far down the road there. Uh, yeah, they're four and five right now, but they've lost. Yeah, they've lost. I mean, they've lost some bad games, but they they're a good team that can do some things. They've been in most of their games. I like them. I like uh, NC State, North Carolina State. They have another guy, Dennis Smith, who similar to Markell Fultz. He's another gonna be top five pick point guard. He can do a lot of things. So I'm definitely going off guard play, going guard heavy teams this year, but. I, it, I I'm excited. This has been a fun year to watch so far, and it's still early. And this is kind of the time of the year too when I really lock in and start watching obscene amounts of basketball. So I'm excited to start watching a lot more basketball.
0: Good. Well, as Steph Curry tweets, lock in. Yep. I'm Thanks so much in. for coming on the show, Cousinberg. We appreciate it. Last show of the quarter, and we'll look forward to having you back after winter break.
3: Absolutely. Happy holidays, man. Happy
0: holidays. Take it easy, Cousinberg. See you, buddy. Well, that's it for the Sports Report in 2016. It's a wrap on the fall quarter here at Cal Poly. We'll be back in 2017 in early January with a full new show coming at you every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. This is the Sports Report with Matt Kreiser signing off for the quarter. And right now coming up from 10 to 12 is The Breakfast Club with our very own Stephen Pardo.